Open your Bible to the book of Genesis. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. The book of Genesis. We're going to start in the beginning. We're going to start with this phrase, made by God. You and I have been made by God, created by God, designed by God, fabricated by God, constructed by God, artfully crafted by God. You and I were made by God. You got to know this because all of a sudden it starts uh, making it special between us and God. God chose us. He designed us. He made us. He breathed his breath into us. He's our creator. And so all of a sudden now, I have a link to God that's special. It's my duty then to pursue that and learn of that and find him. We, most people believe they were created, but not all, but most people believe they were created by God somehow. It's our duty to seek him, grope after him, and find him. So that we can connect with him in relationship. Amen. So I want to help us get somewhere today in this. But first we start with made by God. Not made in China. Made by God. <laughs> let's, read, let's read the beginnings here. This is in the beginning God created everything. Verse 1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then skip down here to verse. This is on the fifth day. Verse 20, then God said, he created, he created everything, but verse 20, then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind and God saw that it was good. Notice that phrase according to its kind. According to its kind, according to its kind. And then God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind. Cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. See that little phrase keeps showing up there? Why would you do that? Why would he have to put according to its kind, according to its kind? What does that really mean? It's an odd little phrase, isn't it? According to its kind. Well, of course it's according to its kind. What does it really mean? <clears throat> I would dare to say this, that long before the 1800s, long before the 1900s, when uh, scientists, false scientists, began to proclaim that there was possibility of evolution, where animals evolved from one species to another and humans evolved from one species to another. Long before that, God knew he ought to put something in the scriptures. He knew that he needed to make a point. I created it and I did it after it. This was written 6,000, this happened 6,000 years ago. God knew to put in there for seekers. Any honest-hearted seeker has to acknowledge that. 
Now, atheists will just pass right over there and say, oh, it doesn't mean anything. No, no, no. The secret is in that little phrase. Every bug was created by God. It's the same bug as 6,000 years ago. Every animal, every sea creature, every single thing created is the same today as it was then. Nothing evolves by its environment. It's all genetic. I said it's all genetic. It was designed by God. This is very important. This is the plan of God. He created everything. He needs us to realize this is his plan. Verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, over all the earth, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth, even the creeps. We have authority over every creep. You need to learn what that means, but anyway, let's get back. So God created man in his own image. God created man in his own image. God created man in his own image. He created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created... He says it both ways. Just so you recognize that we're created in his image. And in his image, he created us. And we're created in his image. God, in essence, looks like us. He has a face. He has hands. He has eyes. He has a nose. He looks like us. And he can talk like us. He has a tongue. He has feet. He walks. We're made in his image. Now, we don't look physically like him, but in essence and nature, we're just like him. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Hallelujah. Regardless of what schools teach, God created us just like we are. Regardless of what school teaches, there is no evolution. Kids, are you in here? Kids, regardless of what the teachers say at school, there is no such thing as evolution of the human species. Regardless of what politicians say, there is no such thing as evolution. We did not come from apes or any kind of caveman. No, we're created just like God. It's holy. It's good. It helps us relate to our creator. We didn't just accidentally occur, regardless of what your teachers say, regardless of what the schools say, regardless of what the politicians say, regardless of what the president of the United States says, we're created by God in the image of God and no real school has any right to teach otherwise. So be very careful if you're in public schools or if you're in any school, don't just take things because the teacher said so. Go ask mom and dad. I said, go ask mom and dad. Go ask your pastor. Go ask the Bible. And so the theme of this today is that if it's not in the Bible, you're going to have to discount it. If it's not in the Bible, you're going to have to discredit it. I don't care how famous people are. I don't care how rich they are. I don't care if it came from an authority figure. If parents didn't say it and if pastor didn't say it and if the Bible didn't say it and if God didn't say it, you have to discard it. And you're going to run into these things the rest of your life. And we're trying to create a place where education is safe, where knowledge of God becomes first in your life. So parents, make sure your kids realize this. I mean, just keep on saying it. 
keep on saying that God's right and the world is wrong. God's right and the world is wrong. The Bible's right and the world is wrong. I'm right and the, and the world is wrong. And the Bible's right and the world is wrong. Right. You got to keep saying it because what they're hearing at school is we're right, we're intelligent, everything else is stupid. Religion is stupid, God is stupid, Bible is stupid. It's ancient, doesn't count. Okay, so your kids are hearing this in schools, that means we gotta say it more. This is how you pluck up every weed. My mom, when I was a kid, she, 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 she knew what I was being taught in school. Now back then, it wasn't nearly as crazy in public schools as it is today. And I think even private schools sometimes have some issue, but. My mom knew what was being taught. Back then, it was evolution. That was a big first thing that public schools started to say, put that in their textbooks. And I came home and told my mom uh, that they had taught that we came from apes. And she said, what? I'm calling the school. I said, mom, you don't need to do that. <laughs> I know we didn't come from apes. I don't believe that stupidity. I'm just a kid, seven years old. I know, mom. And so that's how, you, that's how you handle the world out there, okay? You can't run from the world and hide from the world. You just have to be trained over the world. Amen. There's stupid people everywhere. There's stupid policy. There's stupid knowledge. It's not even real knowledge. Everywhere. We have to be trained how to handle it and how to champion the scripture and how to have our allegiance to God alone. And so parents, your main job is to make sure you're giving the allegiance to God in your family. And then that's supreme. That rules supreme. And then you just be real confident about it and keep saying it over and over again till you see it in your, the hearts of your children. <clears throat> so we were created by God in his image. He formed us in the womb. We have scriptures. He formed us. God formed us in the womb. If you don't like your big nose, Talk to God about it. You'll say, God, I don't like my big nose. He'll say, don't worry about your physical features. Makes you special. Humans are so driven by physical features. It's just appalling. But you get born again, you'll get saved and delivered out of that. So you don't have to be too concerned about your physical features. Now look, clean your face and wash your hair. Okay, but you don't have to be upset, or, and don't be too elated if you're good looking. Ugly people, don't be sad. God made you. Get over yourself. Good, good looking people, don't be too happy about that. It's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. If your self-esteem is in your looks, whether it's good or bad, oh, you failed. You failed and you won't be happy. You just won't be happy. Your lips are supposed to be just like they are. They are not supposed to turn into cement ever. Thus says the Lord who made you and formed you from the womb, he'll help you. Isaiah 44, 
Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Psalm 139, uh, David said, you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I'll praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Every human being in here is fearfully and wonderfully made. God took great care to form you properly, okay? Job 33, the spirit of God has made me and the breath of the almighty gives me life. You're connected to God. Isaiah 64, but now, O Lord, you're our father. We are the clay and you're our potter. We are all the work of your hand. He made us. And you were made for a purpose. Created for purpose. You already have purpose in you. You don't have to search for it, look for it, be be discombobulated because you can't find, I just need purpose. Yeah, you have purpose. Yeah, it's, it's simpler than you think. You know, your purpose is not to like go, go start a new country or do something like notable like that, win the Pulitzer, whatever that is, or the Nobel, whatever that is. Forget all that nonsense. Your purpose can be found right at your home. Your purpose can be found right at your church. Your purpose can be found right on the street at the grocery store. Your purpose can be found right at your place of business. Your purpose is found every time you're around people. And your purpose is found every time you're seeking God and developing your character. Developing character is really the first step in your purpose. If you don't do that, stop looking for everything else. And if you'll do that, you won't have to look for anything else. If you'll develop the inside of you, if you'll renew your mind, if you'll develop your spirit, man, you'll run smack dab into your purpose. But if you don't develop spiritually and mentally correctly, according to God's word, man, you're going to have a hard life. And you'll always feel like you're missing something. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Any good thing that you end up getting to do, God prepared that. It's up to us to develop ahead of time so we're ready for it. Glory. All babies in the womb are formed by God. All babies in the womb are formed by God. Say it out loud. All babies in the womb are formed by God. Praise the Lord. You know, some people say, what about birth defects? Well, listen, this is the, the sad part about the fallen nature of man. When Adam and Eve sinned, sin and sickness and destruction entered the earth system. So though God created everything perfectly, things just aren't perfect, are they? So the bottom line is that, that, man, this earth life has been corrupted. The dirt is corrupted, and we're made of dirt. Thorns and thistles come out of the dirt now. It didn't happen before. So there's inherent reasons in the fall of man into sin as to why there's even birth defects at all. Then also... Uh, Satan, or, the, the, or, or there is devilish attack against parents and unborn children. That what you have to do, if you're a believer, you have to take a stand in the very beginning, as quick as you can, take a stand, rebuke, reverse, find a promise, receive, Amen. and get God involved, and he'll, he'll, he'll redeem. He'll turn it around. He'll fix. Jesus will heal broken hearts. 
And he'll give you grace to handle, and he'll do other things. Just got to get God involved in it. You know, God hates the, he hates it too. He, he doesn't like that as well. He formed, he put perfect genetics. They get distorted by sin sometimes. So we have to use our faith to overcome, to move the mountain, make the impossible possible. All things are possible to him who believes. So we have to understand that. Praise the Lord, but you're created for purpose. Not by your looks, not by things, but by God within. Okay, your heart, your love, your generosity, your genuineness, the power that comes from your spirit. Okay, this is how you change the world. This is the work you were created to do. It comes from within. From your spirit comes the fruit. Out of the abundance of the heart comes all the nice words. All the good things. It's not your energy. Now, this is where we're going to talk a little bit today about what the world is saying and doing versus what's real. So if you feel something good from somebody, don't say it's their energy. They have good energy. No, no, that's not what you're, if it's a Christian, a believer filled with the Holy Ghost, that's not what you're feeling. You're not feeling energy from that person. If you're giving off what they say, good energy, no, that's not what they're feeling. What you're giving off is the love of God and the peace of God and the presence of God, the glory of God and the Holy Spirit of God and the power of the Spirit. That's what they're feeling from you. So for a believer, you're never giving off good energy. Never does the Bible say it that way. Therefore, never do you need to say it that way. Just call it the power of God. Somebody says, you get off good energy. No, that's the glory of God. And if anybody out there is giving off energy, either it's just their personality. Don't mistake the glory of God for personality. Either it's their personality or it's demonic energy. There's only two forms of power, period, in the spirit realm. And it's either from God or from the devil. There are some demonic people that have influence over others with energy that's really just demons running around. So don't be mistaken and don't fall into the patterns of the world. Don't think like the world. Don't act like the world. Don't talk like the world. Just run from the world. Well, it already said you can't run from the world. In proximity, you can't run from the world. In beliefs, you run. In proximity, you got to be around the world to influence it. But in beliefs, you run from the world. Praise the Lord. Did you notice the other term in here that we saw? That Well, let's read it again. Verse 27. Genesis 1, 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You see, he created a male and female. See that? <clears throat> uh, look at chapter 5, verse 2, or verse 1. Chapter 5, Genesis 5, 1. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he created him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female. 
and blessed them and called them mankind in the day that they were created. Notice he made this term. Why does he have to say male and female? Why does he have to say it and repeat it? Male and female. He created them male and female. He created them male and female. Why would he have to say male and female? In the Bible, you'll see the term, he created them male and female and male and female. He'll, you'll see it 124 times. 124 times. Male and female, male and female. God put that in there long before the year 2000. I believe so that you recognize this was his design. His design was two genders, male and female. He only created two genders. Never in the Bible do you see any extra genders, any confused people, any I'm not so sure I want to be, none of that garbage. He wanted to make sure we understood male and female is a very, very important design of his. He created people either male or female, and that's determined as a baby. You come out of the womb, we know exactly how God created you. Listen, for one, it takes the pressure off of people if you'll just believe God. That's what you are. You fight to stay that way because he created you that way. He needs us to agree with him and head the direction that's right and real. He created us male and female long before they said there's four genders, five genders, 127 genders. That's lies. That, that's wrong. That is, that's not even close to being logical. Like anybody with even half a brain, not even half a brain, just a tenth of a brain can recognize that trying to change genders is wrong. The problem is it's hard to admit that if you're not born again. If you're not born again, it's hard to admit right things. You have to be awakened unto the reality of God and his word. If you're not awakened to God and his word through Christ, if you're not born again through Christ, you're susceptible to all the deception of the world. He created a male and female. You got to know this. You got to believe this. Male and female only. But what about, we'll get to that. Yeah, but what about, we'll get to that. So there's no evolution. God took care of it in Genesis 1. There's no extra genders. He took care of that in Genesis 1. Male and female. Very interesting, isn't it? <clears throat> Praise the Lord. What about other religions? They're made by God. All those people in other religions are made by God. He, just like we are. He, they're formed in the womb, designed, planned. God made them in the womb. What about them? Are they okay? Well, as humans, so far they're okay, but they must be saved. Every human must be saved or they will not have God in their life. Every human must be saved or they cannot call God Father and they cannot have right relationship with God. But they're good people. I know, I know, I know. They seem good on the outside, but they're asleep on the inside. They're dead on the inside. They must come alive. And the only way to come alive is through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. The only way to get to God and call him Father is through Jesus. See, when humans sinned in the first chapter, the, the third chapter of Genesis, when humans sinned, God lost us all. He lost every human. Gone. 
his precious creation gone because of sin. But he had a plan to come to the earth himself, die for us, shed holy blood to purchase us back to his family. That was the plan. He lost us all. He sent his son to die for us so that some of us could be saved. Really, he died for all of us to be saved, knowing that only some would. Because every human now has a choice to come to God and believe in Jesus. And if not, there is no salvation, no matter how good people are. I got good friends that are in different religions. Love them with all my heart. But I'm trying to persuade them because it's very important. If they don't get persuaded, they have to go to hell and be with, without God forever. You may have friends that are uh, in some sin, that their lifestyle is sinful. Uh, we love them. We care for them. But we have to persuade them out of that and receive Jesus so that they can escape hell. This is not good. Well, they're so good. How could you not... What are you against? I'm not against people. I'm for them. That's why I'm chasing them down. That's why we're passing all these tracks to chase them down, get them saved. And your children and your teenagers have to learn how to do this. As a, as a believer, how to live amongst heathen, caring for them, loving them, but persuading them and not them you. Side, just side with God. Can't you just side with God? Side with me. I'm a decent fella. Just side with the pastor. Side with your parents. Find a good Christian. Side with them. Don't side with a heathen friend. Don't ever let, don't, you can love people at school. You can, you can be good to people, but don't be influenced by them. Don't believe what they believe and don't follow their lifestyle. Don't let any of your friends pressure you into some stupidity. You side with God and you stand tall because you're backed up by him. You're backed up by your parents. You're backed up by your Christian friends. You're backed up by your church. You're backed up by the Bible. Just take your Bible to school. See if they want to do a Bible study. You'll see how fast your friends run from you. And there's a reason for that. It's not because God's weird, it's because they're weird and they don't want to comply with God. It's the reason sinners continue in sin is because they don't want God. Wait, the reason sinners don't want God is because they want to continue being their own God. Anyone who wants to decide on their own how to live and how to be and how to believe is a heathen. They're separate from God's family. The only way to live this life right and have happiness, have peace and joy, and be free from anxiety is to learn from God, adhere to God's word, live up to God's standard, be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, live unto God. It's the only way. And that's why there's so much anxiety in the LGBTQ plus community. There's so much anxiety, so much trauma, so much hurt, so much guilt, so much shame. And the shame is not because of Christians saying that they're wrong. It's because deep down they know they're wrong. It's because deep down they're contaminated by sin and the devil, and they feel terrible on the inside, trying to cover up all their past hurts. There's all sorts of reasons. I don't want to go into all of it, 
but they're dealing with such tragedy and trauma in their life. The only hope is to get them saved out of it. The only hope. But it's immoral, you know. We gotta, yes, it's, yes, there's, listen, everyone is born immoral. Everyone is born into sin. Every single person in here is born into sin. This is how it works. You're born into sin. And you must be saved. Every homosexual was born into sin. Every drunk was born into sin. Every liar was born into sin. Every fearful person was born into sin. These are all categories in the Bible. They're about the same. Every fornicator born into sin. Every uh, bribe-taking person born into sin. Every kidnapper born. They're all, everybody's born into sin. Every rude person is born into sin. Every stubborn person is born into that's That's what sin does. It contaminates. And everybody's contaminated a little differently. David said, I was born in sin. He said, behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. That's all of us. One person's born, well, I won't go through the list. I just went through the list. Just because it's you. Just because you're stubborn and rude doesn't mean it's you. Just because you're prone to lying too much and teenagers, you listen up. Just because you're prone to lying doesn't mean it's you. It's not the real you. You're not supposed to be doing that. Just because you feel like hitting somebody in the face doesn't mean it's right. Just because you feel gay doesn't mean you're gay. Just because you're not sure about your gender doesn't mean that you get to make a decision. God did not want you to have to make a decision about your gender. That's not the way it works. But because the president and the politicians and the schools and Hollywood is saying, you get a right to decide what you want to be, then everybody's, oh, we got to let the kids decide. That's about the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. No, no, you're not. You're not anything but what you see in the mirror. You're, you're not anything else but how you started. You have to stop that. You don't let kids go down that road. Mommy, I think I, I think I feel like a girl. I think I'm a girl. You're not a girl. That's how you solve that. You're not. Now eat your breakfast. Your kids are going to come with all sorts of stupidity. You have to shut it down. And then you got to test it later. You just got to shut it down, shut it down, shut it down, hammer, 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 command, 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 and then test them later. Hey, remember what we talked about, how you feeling now? I feel fine. This is how you drive the devil out of people. This is how you drive bad thinking, wrong thinking, lies and deception out of people. You got to tell them what's true. You got to check on them, act like you know what you're doing. There's authority in a parent's words. Praise the Lord. People say, well, doesn't God hate gay? Listen, God loves every one of you. He loves every human being. He wants to save every single human being. No matter what your sin is, he wants to save every single one of you. So the message to people is not stop your drinking and stop your smoking and stop your cussing. All that's going to do is make them want to do it more. Our message is, 
hey, do you want to be saved by Jesus Christ? Filled with the Holy Spirit, have joy everlasting? Oh, you don't? Okay. That's how you treat homosexual. You got to toss bait. You got to plant seed and then you got to let them deal with it. You don't go fight people's sins. Is that how you got saved? Somebody was fighting your sins? No, that's how you rebelled. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, Go to Romans chapter 12. Let's read this here. Romans 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, says this, As I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. All of a sudden, you realize you're commanded, you and I, we who believe in God are commanded to present our bodies. A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. That means be careful with your body. You don't just get to do anything. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Uh, let me read this from the Message Bible. It's got a good uh, extra in here. It says this. So look up here. The Message Bible, Romans 12.1, says, here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and your walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognizing what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. So you, you, listen, kids, teenagers, adults alike, everybody, we must learn. We have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so we're not like the world. When you learn it, all of a sudden you say, yes, this is me. The world is not me. The way they do it and say it, I'm not doing it and say it. Now, we can eat their food. As long as it's not offered to idols, we can eat their food. Glory to God. So we're not saying you can't do some things. We can drive cars. We don't have to go live like the Amish. Use your common sense and wisdom to know what he's saying. Don't be conformed to their way of thinking, their way of believing, their lifestyle as it pertains to morality. James 4 says this, verse 4, Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. 
Don't think that the world is going to accept you. Don't, don't need them to. Don't want them to accept you. The world is not going to like your beliefs. They're not going to like any restraint that comes out of your mouth. They're not going to like any commands from the Bible. Beware of that. Your job is, to not, is not to give pearls to swine. Your job is to give the gospel to somebody that wants it. That's it. And then once they get saved, then they can learn the instructional part of God's word. Until then, you've got to be very wise how you handle it and give it. Titus chapter 2, verse 12 says, uh, teaching us that it did denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. There's expectation of us to live unto God. Hallelujah. In 1 John 3, it uh, says that we should, that we're called, it's so special that we're called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. The world doesn't understand you. They don't need to. They need to get saved. Like, if you want to hear what I'm saying, come in. It's like standing between the glass between people. If you want to be saved, come in. What are you saying? Believe in Jesus. They can't hear anything until they believe in Jesus. So we're kind to the evil people, but we don't follow them. We're compassionate and caring about people who are talking anxiety, depression, suicide, fears. We're compassionate, but we do not entertain those thoughts ourselves. There's a big push from the devil into the hearts and minds of young people that there's so much seed planted for depression, anxiety, suicide, that oh, kids are having to think about it. When I was a kid, I never thought about those words. Not once. Okay, so that's you and I recognizing, wait, today's different. Today's different. And we have to coach our children, train our children so they have a shield of faith to deflect all of that talk, even if all their friends are dealing with anxiety and depression and ADD and all. Even if all their friends are, we have a shield that says, not me. I don't even have to think about it. I'm going to follow my parents to church. I'm going to follow my parents what they say. I'm going to do whatever's right. I'm going to follow God. I'm okay. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm full of God, full of peace, full of joy. I'm okay. And then the child has to be trained how to govern their thought life. Parents, you have to govern yours, and you have to show your kids how to govern theirs. Parents, if you're a bad example in the house of an untrained thought life, your kids are going to suffer a little bit. So we need you. Listen, God needs you to listen and to start ordering your thoughts aright. Because if you don't, it'll get in your heart and you'll start saying dumb stuff in the house. Well, I just don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. Don't do that in front of your kids. I mean, don't do it. But certainly don't do it in front of those that are watching you. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Kids need to know the limits. Okay, and, and this is where you're going to have to even watch what they're looking on their phone and all that. Kids need to know their limits. They need to have limits. It's reassuring in life for kids to be told what to do. Kids need you to tell them what to do, what not to do. Command them. Too much freedom on their own creates too much pressure. What happens is inside their heart, they know they're not supposed to be having to make decisions on their own. And in their heart, there's this conflict because they know they're not choosing right. Because if you let a kid choose, they're never going to choose right. They're going to pick candy every time. <laughs> candy, chicken nuggets, french fry. 
You got to be careful letting your kids even choose what they eat every day. What do you want to eat? Chicken nuggets? What do you want to eat today? Chicken nuggets? What do you want to eat today? Chicken nuggets? Listen, I don't have kids, so you'll have to give me a little mercy here, but I would be careful at a restaurant handing your child a menu. It's, you know how hard it is as an adult to choose? Don't put that on your kid. You tell them. You pick for them, so I'll pick for you today. Green beans. No! No, fried green beans. Yay! That's just a simple example, letting your children decide for their own, on their own is too much pressure. You can't even decide where to eat. Don't ask your kid. Here's a quote. Uh, it is unkind to lay on young shoulders the weight of too much liberty. It's unkind to make your child, to allow your child to choose. It's unkind. It's unkind to lay on young shoulders the weight of too much liberty and to introduce young hearts too soon to the sad responsibility of choosing between good and evil. It's better and more loving by far to put off that day and that children be sheltered behind a strong barrier of command with their lives simplified by having the one duty of obedience. Consult your children less, command them more. This society needs this. You, listen, let's just keep it in the church. If, if nothing else, in the church, let's do this. Amen. Let's expect that our children don't get to decide everything in the world. Now, I know they, it feels like they're smart because they can Google everything. Listen, Google can only give knowledge, facts, and not always correct facts. Amen. What it can't give is wisdom. The wisdom must come from God and it must come from you, parents. You have to train your children in wisdom. Wisdom will keep them safe so they can't just live by Google. Like if you Googled how many genders there are, you're going to get garbage. If you Google evolution, you're going to get garbage. If you Google anything about morality, you're going to get garbage. It's a good thing the Bible was written long before Google. Praise the Lord. I remember when I was a kid, my mom wouldn't let me uh, spend the night with friends all the time. Sometimes, but I always had to ask, and I never could ask in front of the kid. And more times than not, the answer was no. Can I spend the night? Can they spend the night? No, no. Why? We've been playing all day. They're my friends. Why not? What else would I do without them? So I couldn't understand it as a kid. And it was very frustrating because my friends, they could all spend the night anywhere, anytime, every night of the week. You didn't, they didn't have to ask. They would sometimes invite themselves over. Can I spend the night here tonight? <laughs> nope. Why not? We could have more fun. And it's not until I was an adult, I realized why mom wouldn't let me have my way. First of all, you shouldn't let your kids have the, their way because they'll always choose candy. But the, the, the bigger reason is my, my mom and dad understood that they created an atmosphere that they could trust. They knew who the adults in the room were. They knew what went on in the house. They knew how much liberty the kids had in the house. When a friend stayed over, they watched us. They knew what we were doing. They checked on us. There was not just freedom to go live you know, a childish life. 
without any kind of oversight. And when I spent the night, they wanted to find out who the parents were. They had to either be friends or they made phone calls or they home, all that kind of stuff. Because they're smart parents. This is how you parent. You, you have to command more. It's a parent's job to protect kids from abnormal beliefs, abnormal society interaction, abnormal adults, and abnormal kid behavior, and abnormal kids' friends' behavior. We have to protect our kids from these things. In my neighborhood, and I don't know how much neighborhood stuff goes on these days with the world's different, but my parents knew all of the weird stuff that had gone on with all the other families. And they would tell me just a little bit, just so I would understand, now you can't hang out there. You can't hang out with that guy. You can't be over at their house. You can't be over at their house. Why not? I said so. So kids, here's my, my, here's my admonition to all the kids and teenagers. Listen, the school is wrong, except in math. Unless they're using that weird newfangled math. What's that? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. If it has to do with numbers, you can listen. Grammar? I don't even know if they're teaching. Math, English, you can almost trust some of it, but science, be careful. Social studies, be, be careful. Sociology, be very, very, very careful. Psychology, be, I mean, give it a one out of a 10 is what you can accept. This is just, this is how we deal with the world that's off the hook. In a bad way, God's right, the Bible's right, Christians are right, the church is right. If it's a right church, we have to be very careful how the world's trained in the families, okay? And it's okay to say no. It's okay to stiff arm. It's okay to resist and not be conformed to this world. You don't have to stand up in class and, and give an oration, well, unless you're led by the Holy Spirit, but at least don't swallow what they're feeding. So the school is wrong, the teachers are wrong, the president of the United States is wrong, TikTok is wrong, and Instagram is wrong. If you're not hearing it from church, Bible, and parents, it's wrong. The only hope that we have for success in life, happiness in life, joy and peace and glory and, and a good life is to be with God. And to be with God, you're going to have to learn his word because long life and peace will his words add to us. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Uh, let, me, let me just touch on this for 60 seconds times three. Uh, <laughs> climate, the earth, the climate is, is almost a new religion. And if you'll notice, those who promoted the heaviest are usually not believers in Jesus Christ. There's some, but they're not the highest fighters of it. Uh, more, here's a stat. More young people think not recycling is a worse sin than porn and lying. That's how deceived the world has become. You need to know this. Earth is not God. 
We don't worship earth. God is God. Mother Mother earth, no such thing. Earth is not a person. Earth serves us. We do not serve the earth. We serve God. Are y'all climate deniers? No, no, I don't deny there's a climate. I don't even deny that the climate changes. Sometimes it's hotter. Some decades it's colder. It's changing and fluctuating and there's... uh, I don't deny that, but I do deny that it's going to be destroyed by humans. Humans aren't going to destroy it. This is God's earth. He put it here to serve us. It'll be here till the end. Only God can destroy the earth and he will. He will destroy a third of it with fire in the last day. That's how we know it's still here. Even the founder of the Weather Channel, you do your own research, founder of the Weather Weather Channel claims that this climate thing is a huge hoax. It's all false. Scientifically, it's false. Think about it. The founder of the entire Weather Channel, he knows everything. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So what do we do? Here we go. I'm wrapping up with this. Stay in church for the rest of your life. Develop daily disciplines so your spirit stays healthy. How do you know if your spirit's healthy? Because your love and your attitude toward people is healthy and whole. Serve God by serving people. Get educated in life. Ask God to lead you to a great career and job. Be fruitful in everything you do in the earth. Work hard and smart. And then finally, live long and successful and satisfied but do it with God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is that Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life, and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.